You're listening to A Little Bit Better, a podcast where we talk about how breaking goals into small steps can lead to big results. Here we'll examine the cause and effects of our thoughts, our actions, and inactions, and how they influence how we live our lives. I'm your host, Chris Swale, a life and health coach. Let's get started. Hi, welcome back to A Little Bit Better, the podcast. I'm your host and confidence coach, Chris Swale, and today I have a really special guest. I am so excited to introduce Coach Leanne Kim. She was my business coach when I did A Players, which was instrumental in launching my coaching business. I'm ever grateful for her. So here's business coach and author of the brand new book, Building a Joyful Business, Leanne Kim. Hi, Leanne. Welcome to my podcast. Oh my gosh, Chris, this is amazing. I feel like it was only yesterday that I was coaching you through launching this podcast. Now here I am. I'm a guest like almost a year later. So exciting. So excited. It's like full circle, right? Yeah, full circle. (laughs) So tell, tell us about you. Tell us about who you are, what you do. We're definitely going to dive into your book, but go ahead. You've got the floor. Awesome. Well, probably much like your listeners, I am a mom of two kids and I, back in the day, I was juggling being a mom and being a wife and having a career. And I found that I had very little fulfillment in my life. I was good at what I did, but I didn't love it. It basically took my focus away from the things that I wanted to be doing for way too many hours of the week. And so when I, right around when I turned 40, I had this epiphany and I thought, you know, I really just, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And I knew that I was made for bigger things than that. And at that time, I had a little side hustle business and I had also started this little small, but really engaged Facebook group of other moms in my neighborhood that also had businesses. And what I found was every time we got together, I could not wait to meet up with them over a glass of wine and just talk business. And it's not like I didn't love my family or my other friends. It's just that when I was with them, I felt alive. And so right around my 40th, I decided it's time for me to make a change. We were done having kids. I loved my old career and I loved having those two full year maternity leaves nearly back to back. But this was really kind of a turning point for me. And so I decided to go into business coaching because I had all these moms around me that were starting businesses. But what was unfortunate was they didn't come with the sales and marketing background that I had. And so they were really struggling with the confidence piece. They were really struggling with owning their worth. And a lot of them were selling coaching and consulting services, which as you know, that's (laughs) like selling yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) So if I, I thought if I can just give these women some of the stuff that I've learned over the last, at that point, it was like 15, 16 years in sales and marketing, then I can help them fast track their success. And I became addicted to that feeling, literally. I mean, you've seen me in my element. It's like... It's like the only thing that matters in the world to me is is helping these women get to where they want to be further, faster, with more fulfillment. So yeah, so right around that time, I you know gave my notice, I left my job, and I started my own coaching business. And that was four and a half years ago now, and I've never looked back. So it's it's been such a phenomenal trip and it's such a joy to coach amazing women like you. Thank you. And honestly, I can say you get me. You have got me fired up. 
up even on the coaching calls in A players because I see how fired up you are. So I understand that feeling because it's, you do, you just become this energy and you can feel it and you can see it. And yeah, you live, you live that. And I think that's really cool because it's just such a powerful example of showing people what's possible and of living in your purpose, just feeling so amped up by it, you know, and, and you're spreading joy and teaching and you're helping lift up other women too, which is obviously really incredible. I will thank, I thank you for that. And I, I just want to interject and say like, when of the things it, it when you love what you do it's so easy to be good at it it's so easy to find more fulfillment but that doesn't mean that when you start a business loving what you do <laughs> that it's all going to be roses which is exactly why i wrote this book like yeah. I, I was the same person i went in with very little knowledge about running my own business even though i was fired up about what i was doing and that carried me a long way but there are a lot of things that, and a lot of choices that we make in those early days that will dictate whether or not we're going to have a joyful journey, entrepreneurial journey or business journey. And so, and that's really where the book came from is that looking back on that first year, all the things I wish I had done differently <laughs> and all the lessons and all that, but, but passion is a big part of it. And if your listeners are, are listening to this right now thinking, I am not really passionate about what I do, then maybe this is the beginning of a shift for you. Absolutely. I love that you said that because I think that it's so easy for people who aren't there yet to look at everybody else and be like, oh, well, they have it figured out. Oh, it's easy, right? And it is never the case. You can absolutely love what you do and still have struggled greatly a little bit along the way or a lot. And I also loved you. You mentioned when you started this community of women in your neighborhood and, you know, you mentioned it's not that I don't love my family or my other friends. You slid that in there, but it's a really big thing. I think that women sometimes overlook in that you don't need to get everything from one person. So you're not going to get necessarily love, friendship, intellectual conversation, business support from say your partner or one friend. And that's why it's so great. And it's really necessary and valuable for everybody to find their people in these other lanes so that they're your specific go-to person for that one thing, right? So true. And I find that the longer I'm in business, the more I find these peer groups really valuable. Like I'm a coach and I run a lot of groups, as you know. At any given time, I probably have three or four different Facebook groups on the go that I am running and leading. And especially for you leaders out there, if you find yourself, you're constantly in that leadership position, but you're looking around from left to right and there's no peers with you, in it with you, then that is problematic. And so that was the first thing I did was I was like, I just want to hang out with women who are doing this. I think I've got some stuff to offer them. I know that there, you know, many of them were further along in terms of like the technicalities of owning a business. And so I was like, if I can leverage their genius, I'm just going to get there faster. And really like that to me, I st I'm still, I'm currently in a mastermind right now and making new business buddies left and right. And you need to be with people at your level doing the same thing. Otherwise you're, if you're constantly looking up, you know, at people who are way further ahead or again, your peers are not at all doing the same thing, you're going to start to feel really lonely and that can really eat away at you and take away the joy. 
hundred percent. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I, I feel like I lived that with your help this past year because some of my business besties are women that I have met because of your programs that you've offered, right? And and then I also have my mentors that are, I don't have conversations with. They don't know who I am, but it's like I have both, right? I have the, the people I look up to in that sense, and I have the people I look up to who are my peer group. And I, I think it's really, really important in how I continue to move forward. Do you find that you, because you did two rounds of A players, so Mm -hmm. summer of 2020 Mm -hmm. and then fall of 2020, do you find that you made friends in both of those groups? Definitely in both. We have an accountability group, so we meet uh, every two weeks just to help each other out and make sure we're on track. Yeah. And what's great about it is like you you invest in a program like that and you're like, oh, this is a lot of money or this is a bit of money depending on where you're coming from. But the thing that we, and, and we're always like, I got to make my money's worth and I got to make sure I get everything out of it. One of the most valuable things that you get out of a group coaching program is the friendship. Yes. Like Jill Stanton and I always joke about like, oh yeah, we pay for friends. Like, <laughs> because you know, like, and even as your business grows, there's going to be more room for that. You're going to want different things and surround mm-hmm. yourself with different people. So absolutely. Like to me, when I invest in a mastermind, the most valuable thing that comes out of it is the relationship. So. I'm so glad to hear that. That's like, yeah, coming on a year ago that you all have been connected. That's so great. We started, we first had our conversations probably right now, you and I on the phone when we were talking about A players. So it's like, for me, it's just really exciting because I still cannot believe what I have done in the last 12 months. And that is from, I would not have been able to do that without the bigger group, Mamas & Co. And then without dialing in a little bit more tightly with eight players, with your coaching and the people you brought in and then the connections I made. So I just, I think we don't have to go it alone and women often think we do and we shoulder it all, but why, right? Totally. And I hope that you are celebrating on the regular everything that you made happen in this one year. Because yeah, when I, when you and I first connected, it was the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. No, none of us knew what was going to happen. You were home with three kids with about two hours to yourself max every day. And most of that was like bedtime evening. Yep. And you didn't really have a business and you didn't have a podcast. And now you've created all of these amazing assets and offers and you're growing your revenue. Like it's amazing to me what yep. can happen in a year when you, and I remember us even saying, like, you were like, I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do it. And I was like, we're going to figure it out. And we did. And you did. Like, that's the thing I hope everyone is taking from your journey and your expertise Mm -hmm. is you don't have to have all the answers you just have to take that first step and and you're living proof of that. So I'm just, I'm Aww. very, I'm very honored to have had the opportunity to oh, be a guide in your you. life. Thank you so much. So let's, you know, less about me. Let's talk about you and your book, <laughs> but I, okay. thank you so much. I want to say you had me hooked. I, I'm also, the way I read books, I read them really slowly because I love to take, take notes and percolate on things that I feel like stand out. And I thought this line is, these two lines are so powerful and they're right in the beginning. And I, I feel like these will resonate with so many people. You wrote, I was merely existing, but I wasn't put on this planet to merely exist. And I was like, oh, yes. And it all goes on about being a spectator of your own life. So tell me more about that. Is Was that a really big driver for creating this book? Yeah. So, I mean, that is referencing those days where I was working a full-time job. I was commuting an hour total every single day. I had a toddler at home and her daycare was like not exactly close to my house 
And so I was rushing home and then I'd get in the car and then I'd rush to get her. And meanwhile, I'm pregnant with my second child. And so, and it literally, it just felt like I was barely keeping my head above water most days. And I know that so many other women have felt that. And that feeling of losing yourself like, I love being a mom. I'm so proud. And I feel really lucky that I got to be a mom, that that all worked out for me. It's one of the greatest honors and privileges of my entire life. But when you have children, especially when you have multiple children very close together, there is a long period of time where you are, your number one role is to be in service of someone else. And that can really strip away at your self-worth and your self-confidence. And I can remember going to this office and sitting in this cubicle and looking around at these people that were just clickety-click. Like I had a, I had a good job and I liked the people I worked with, but I just remember feeling like there has to be more for me than this. Like I, I really do feel like we are all born with these innate gifts and talents that nobody else on the planet has quite the way we do. And I wasn't letting that out. I had done, I was letting it out in the, in various forms, like part-time. I tried MLM for a while. I tried having a little multi-level marketing business. It was not for me. I would also try, like I hosted a lot of events and I would do these entrepreneurial type of things. And when I did them, I would be alive, right? I'd gather my ladies together for like a theme night or something. And, you know, stuff like that really kind of fueled me, but then it would be over. And so it was around that time where I just, I I really started having a reckoning and I really started asking myself, again, like you're nearing 40, you might be halfway through your journey or even less than that. Is this really how you want to be spending your remaining Mm -hmm. days? And the answer was a clear as hell, no. (laughs) Yeah. So that that's where you know that that line came from and I'm I'm grateful that that resonated for you. Yeah, 100% that is why I'm here doing what I do now as well and it is what I predominantly end up coaching my clients with. It's that feeling of like you said you become a mom, you're in service to these children which is such a blessing, but then you also re- kind of realize you're you feel like you're in service everywhere in your life and you you do, you lose sight of who you are and and even what fires you up or makes you tick. And I I loved that this other line that you had bolded is we are not conditioned to value our own personal fulfillment, right? Mm, and and yes. yeah, and I I just like that's where I find anyways with my clients and I found with myself is that was the struggle and all the guilt and shame that comes with that, even when you're just thinking there's something more you want to do. Yeah. And I think I'm a bit luckier than most because I came from a very, you know, very traditional values family. However, one of the things that my mom and dad always drilled into me was that you, that idea of like, you really can be who you want to be. And, and my dad, especially as he was nearing retirement, he was not very happy. And he just kept telling me, and I, I was right around young adult age at that time. He just kept telling me, Leanne, you got to find something that you love, do something you love. And I remember thinking like, is that even re- real? Like, is that even possible to have a career with something that you love? Cause I just, I didn't have any role models for that, you know? And so I think the, that piece around we, we are not conditioned or we are not taught to value self-fulfillment for most of us coming from a traditional household, there were just other things that we were meant to value, you know, hard work, 
was really highly valued. And I think about some of the things my daughter sees value in right now, which is that achievement, getting the gold star, being the good girl, doing things right, being kind to others. All these things are important, but where does anybody say, I really want to make sure that you feel great? Right. Like, honey, I just want to make sure that you're living life and, and enjoying the ride. Like nobody taught teachers, mentor, parents, older siblings. I didn't have anyone in my life. Again, I was, I was lucky that my parents did kind of bring that in, but most of us don't have people in our lives that really value and foster that. And that's why now I think we're having this awakening with moms who are like, I built the career. I had the kids. I got the marriage. I got the house. Now what? Like, it, is this really me living my life to the fullest? And that's where we're seeing women, especially throughout this pandemic, making different and really cool choices to say, like, ah, I'm going to try. I want to, I want to give this path a try or yeah. I want to, maybe I can make a living doing this thing. That's where I come in. Yeah, I love it. And it has been real, a real awakening. And it does feel like a movement where women are, realizing and feeling empowered to be a great, fantastic mom and love everything about that and, and whatever their and is, right? And, and this is what I love and that's what fires me up. And I love seeing that in you and my peers and my friends. It's, it's such a fantastic thing. And so not exactly the same, but what that reminds me of what somebody said, I think it's chapter five is you speak about money. It can be so uncomfortable for women in particular. And I really love how you just identified that social gender bias and how we're so conditioned right from the get go as women to think we're not smart in math. I, I could have written that paragraph that you wrote. It's like, like that's what the women in my family say. We're not good at math. And it turns out I'm actually not half bad, but my whole life, I thought I wasn't. I thought it wasn't good because that was also the conditioning in my family. And that seems to be the, the general norm. And so women are afraid to want money because that feels shameful. And I, I kind of, I feel like, and, and then they don't understand it. And then that's a big block too. And these things can hinder you people from women, especially from going after their dreams. And so I think this chapter might make people uncomfortable, but I love it because I think it's so important. So if you want to dive in a bit more about that, oh, I'd yeah. love to hear it. <laughs> I could have written a whole book on just the money side of your business. And really, like I think that a lot of the principles I teach in that would apply even if you don't have a business or even if you're in a full-time job. I think there's a lot that would absolutely apply. And it's that idea that knowledge is power. So know how much you have in the bank, but maybe more importantly, know how much you want to make. Like how, how many of us are settling for, whether we're in a job or we're self-employed, we are settling for a salary simply because we think that's all we are worth, as opposed to, I'd like to make this much. Again, either in your job or in your business, I'd like to make this much. What would I need to do to make this much? Hmm. Let me think about that for a second. But so many of us get so scared by the thought of it that we don't even go to that next, let me think about mm-hmm. it place, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, mm, 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 abort, abort. This is uncomfortable. Panic. Right. And, and I, while I do think there's value in looking back and saying, how did I get to this place? And, and that what I think is even more powerful is just saying, okay, here's where I'm at. I've got this much. I'd like to make this much. I think in order to do that, I'd have to do these things, right? A lot of the women that I coach, that's 
what we're figuring out in the coaching is, okay, how much do you want to make and how would you like to get there? Because if you if those two things are working and you're like, I'm working towards my revenue goals and I'm selling things that I like in order to get there, you're like halfway done with the joyful business. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds so silly and I am oversimplifying it. And, and obviously in the book, we do a deeper dive into the importance of like choosing the right customers and selling and marketing in authentic ways and all that stuff matters. But if you just did that little bit of what do I want to make? How do I want to make it? who do I want to make it with or for? You know, those few questions alone would really, I think, open up a lot of possibilities for people. So it's worthwhile going through this uncomfortable stuff. But the caveat I would I would add here is we need to do it in a way that isn't self-blaming or self-shaming. 100%. Because the minute we do that, we've lost, mm-hmm. right? So we have to we have to more come from the place of getting curious. And I think this probably resonates with you in your journey, Chris. Like it's 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 not going to serve us to say, "Oh, I don't have any money or I'm not charging enough and it's not working and I it must be because I'm not good at this." Like how is that going to move us forward? Exactly. We've got to take the emotion out of it and the self-judgment out of the equation. And then and only then we can can we move forward with clarity, with confidence, and start making choices that empower us. Exactly. I love it. Boom. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, what I really love about your book is it's really approachable. And I I love exactly what you said is that it dives deeper and you talk about getting clear. And the how, but I love that you, in the beginning, I think it's in the beginning, you kind of calm, you calm all our brains down and you say, don't worry about the how yet, right? And you do this and this. And I, I was like, it's, yeah. It, but it is so powerful because I think that's what can happen is, you know, okay, you've allowed me to dream, but, and then all of a sudden your brain just goes wild spinning the, but I don't know how I'm not good enough. I'm not, I don't have this. And this is what I thought was, is really powerful about your book is that you address that right away. And so you just, you just put that aside for now and let's just do this systematically. And your book is meant to be read. You don't skip chapters, you know, you read it and there's a reason because you take us through that journey of getting clear first and, you know, allowing ourselves the permission to, to dream big, encouraging us to do so step by step and, you know, being aware of the other things of finding your dream client your schedule that obviously that chapter really resonates with me. I'm sure you could know that one about managing your time. Anyways, and then you do pull it back to the how. And I, I just think that that is what makes a really helpful book where sometimes you read these books and you get really motivated and you're like, yes, I can do this. But then you quickly nosedive because you still, you may have had the one piece, which is like, yeah, I can do this, but you lose the weight how do I do this? And without having these like real clear steps and this vision and what you need to be aware of. Well, thank you for saying that. And I will say that when I sat down to write this book, I was thinking about the hundreds of women that I have coached. And I was thinking about the things that I kept hearing over and over again. So this book is like a coaching session with me if you if you do the work and you answer the questions and take it seriously. But it comes from the place of all the ways I know we can trip ourselves up. And that is a big one. And I think it's just as women, 
We are planners. We like to know the how. The minute somebody says, oh, we're going to have a gathering, get together in uh, three weeks, we're like, okay, so when do I need to be there? What am I going to wear? And that's just in our nature. For most of us, our our brains are also moving a mile a minute. And I know that you have a lot of listeners that maybe or might be considered ADD, or and I know you talk about that a lot. I, I think that is something that is more common than we think. That right, this idea of our brains moving so fast and then needing to know the how and needing to put it all together in a neat, nice package. So, so yes, it's that's innate in us, and and that's just kind of who we are. But in order to dream big, we have to silence that part of our brain because otherwise, we're just gonna you know stop after the first thought. <laughs> and something that fun that I will add in. Uh, a couple months ago, I was having kind of a tough time. I, I'm not a winter gal, as you may know. And it's cold. It was dark. It was dreary. We were in lockdown. And I came to the realization that it had been a while since I had done any dreaming. Like, yes, I was writing this book. and But to me, that was like I was working. It had been a long time since I had given myself permission to dream about things like going on a fabulous trip with my family and where would we go and what would it feel like? And that's something that was something that I loved to do regularly. But I think the pandemic has forced a lot of us, even us dreamers, it's kind of shut that part of ourselves off because we think, well, who? who I'm not in a position to dream right now. I just got to get through the week right? I got kids at home. I'm trying to homeschool. F that. Like that, I'll save that for when I can actually. But I think it's important that we do that dreaming now and always. And and it's a, it's a beautiful skill, much like everything else we talk about. It's a skill that we can cultivate over time. We don't get good at dreaming by doing it once. And I, I even share that in the book. Like a lot of women, when I ask them to the five-year vision questions and to dream big, it's not unusual for them to break down in tears because they're like, I just don't know how to do this. I haven't done this. So I, I really want to encourage ourselves to do that. And in order to do that, we really do need to give ourselves permission to not know the how and, and just enjoy the outcome for a little while. And inevitably when we do and we start to take those actions like you did, you know, we invest in ourselves, we put ourselves in the right environment the how will show up. Yeah. It always does. It, does. it always knows. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. You, you know, it's, it sort of goes back to the visualization and manifestation when you, when you decide that this is something that you truly want to do, you automatically start taking steps. Your behavior starts directing you towards that. And so the how will fall into place because you're automatically behaving in a way to, to get you towards your, your goals and your dreams. The other thing I'll say quickly about the how, it's a very easy way for me to see who's new in business and who's more seasoned because my peers that have been in business, you know, five or 10 years or more, when they dream big or they come up with a vision for themselves or their business, they don't get too stuck in the how because they've been through this so many yeah. times. They're like, oh yeah, the how will show up. We'll, yeah. we'll figure that. That's just, that's a minor detail. But when someone's like so consumed by it, it's usually because they're new and it's usually because they're really concerned about failing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no yeah. one, no one wants totally. to, when you're new in business, like you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want people nope. to see you and judge you if you do, if you fall flat on your face, which exactly. I did many, many times. So I always say like, and I talk about this in the book, failure is part of the game. 
it's what makes you who you are. It's what teaches you how, how to keep going and, and what are the right, like you learn the right things to do by doing a lot of the wrong things. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about that, that piece. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I do. I talk about that a lot that if you're not failing, you're not learning, right? Yeah. And you're not living either. Exactly. Right? You're staying too safe. You're, you know, you're not, you're not pushing yourself. I resonate with that a hundred percent. Another thing. Actually, I, I love that you realized that it was time to dream again because sometimes we feel like, I guess it was more obvious over this past year of pandemic living, like we're in Toronto, which has been really restricted for much of the past 12 months. So it felt like life's on hold. Every day was uncertain. We didn't know if our kids were going to school. We didn't know even if they had a sniffle, then if you have multiple kids, they're all home from school, even if only one has a runny nose, you know, and life has felt really extra out of our control. You know, I, I try to tell my clients like, life is always out of our control. It just feels more obvious right now. And it doesn't mean you can't dream because you don't have to put a timestamp on it. And, and I know that's really helpful to put a timestamp, but if it feels too hard, instead of stop dreaming, you know, you can still dream about your trip if you want to go to Italy, you know, you don't want to say I'm going to Italy in June because, you know, you're probably not going in June, but you can still plan that trip and be excited about that trip. You don't have to stop because life feels uncertain. Can I share really quickly a fun example of how this happened for me? Yes. Because I have a very, very vivid example of this. So back in the early days of running my business, one of the things that I had a big dream about was that I would be hosting retreats in these beautiful tropical places because I hate the cold. <laughs> Usually, like, I, I always like to get away from winter as much as possible. <laughs> so I had this vision, and I remember thinking, I need to make this vision more tangible. And so I, because I, I really do believe, like, play with your visions and make them feel like a bit like an internal movie. There should be, like, movement and texture and almost, like, sound. Like, so there, I, I knew we wanted to be in this tropical place, and, and I had no idea at this time where it would be, when it would be. I just knew that I, I needed to hold a vision of it, of what I wanted to create. So I had this vision that I visualized every day for a year of me sitting in, like sitting in a circle of about 12 or 13 women. I was sitting cross-legged. I was in this like room with four walls and like wood, like wooden, kind of paneling, like wooden sides, wooden floor with the sound of the breeze in a bit, like the tropical breeze. Yes, it's like yes. the palm leaves are like, Oh, I can hear it now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Take me there now. Please. I had this vision of me sitting with my back to the door, looking out into this room of women. And we were all sitting in a circle with our legs crossed, just deep in like Zen self-love meditation goodness, right? And I don't even come from that world. Like I'm not, I'm not a meditator by trade or anything like that, <laughs> but I had this vision and I didn't, I didn't know where or how I just kept holding this vision and I kept seeing it. And so eventually I did end up putting together a women's retreat. My first retreat was 13 women. And on our first evening, we did a session. So I didn't lead the yoga sessions or anything like that. We have people who do that. And our first evening we were closing out and we were sitting in a circle and my back was to the door and there was 13 of us. It was literally, it was scary how much it was like the vision that I had. It was identical to the vision that I had. But remember when I had that vision, I didn't have this connection. This is the place that we go to is in Panama. It's beautiful. So like, that's a great example of allow yourself to play with visions and play with dreaming without, without that like, 
timeline is, is that you hit the nail on the head. I didn't know when the when showed up. And then I eventually ended up coaching someone who had this connection with Panama. And I was like, I don't know, let's try it. Let's, I connected with a girlfriend of mine who was like, let's see how many women we could get. And it just, it just materialized on its own. But I am certain it is, it all stems back to having the courage to have that dream, even though I wasn't sure what that dream even meant. So yeah, I love that. That is so incredible. It reminds me also about earlier in your book, you wrote a list from your um, young adult life of the things you loved and that you're really good at. And then you showed a list of your life now in your business and made the comparison that it doesn't matter if it was something related to working in a pub or, or bar. It was just showing that you are doing now what you loved and knew you were good at in your early 20s. And that's what your Panama story reminds me of because it's like you kind of always had those pieces. It was there and then it came forward in a real materialized way. And I just love how you help people through the finding your purpose. But, you know, you don't have to sit there and be like, oh my gosh, what can I do? Like, look at who you already are. Look at what you've already got. So if you want to talk more to that, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I just think, again, so often, women especially, mothers especially, we tackle these things from a place of, I should be doing this, or this is the right way to do this. When if we just kind of turned inward instead and said, what do I love doing? And how could I do more of that in my daily life? Like find ways. And if if you can't find a way to do that in your job or your business right now, then put that on a list and and dream on that for a little bit. And in the meanwhile, find ways of doing it in your personal life. And what you'll find is the more in tune you are with what lights you up, the more naturally you start doing more of that and less of the stuff that doesn't light you up. And that's how, that's how we all get here. I mean, that's how I got here in my business. So yeah. And, and I, I will just say too, I'm so grateful. You were one of the first people to read this book. You're one of the first people to have me on your podcast to talk about it. So I'm still a little bit like not exactly sure what to say, but I hope it's okay. One of the things that I went ahead and did was I created a promo code for your listeners who want to pick up a copy of the book. Amazing. Thank you. So if you'd love to pick up a copy, you can head to leannekim.com slash book. L-I-A-N-N-E-K-I-M dot com slash book. And if you purchase a single copy, enter the promo code BETTER, B-E-T-T-E-R, at the checkout to save 15% on oh your copy. That's amazing. Thank you so much. That's incredible. I love it. So, Leanne, thank you so much for being here. You were perfect. So don't even question this one of your early book podcast interviews (laughs) because you nail it every time. So if you have any parting words, if you want to highlight anything else in your book or just in general, now's the time. I would just say, actually, to, to quote you, now is the time for you to start exploring what you really want to be doing. And if that is a business, there really is no better time to start. We are living in an age where people are doing amazing things and starting businesses with very little knowledge and very little overhead. And that's how I got started. That's how Chris got started. There is a better life out there waiting for you. And I do believe for many moms running your own joyful business is one of the most powerful ways that we can be a leader in our family. It's one of the, one of the most effective ways to feel more fulfillment is to create a joyful business where you get to call the shots. So I invite you to pick up a copy of the book. I invite you to check out my podcast. It's called the business of thinking big. 
And that's pretty much it. I, and I spend time on Instagram at Leanne Kim Coach. Thanks again. And I'll put all of that information in the show notes. And you know, it's so funny, we're wrapping up, but we didn't even talk about probably the most obvious thing about being joyful in the business process, but it's all there in the book. And hopefully that came out in, in uh, the topics we did touch. So this book is full, chock full of nuggets and just little ahas. And I highly encourage everybody to read it. I think you covered it. If you are going to start a business, make sure that it's coming from a place of creating more joy in your life because we all need more of that. Okay, my friends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with business coach and author Leanne Kim as much as I did. This was so great. Her book is called Building a Joyful Business. If you are sitting there wondering, can I do this too? Well, I'm sure Leanne will agree with me. You can. All right, go get it. Live your life joyfully with purpose and you will make every day a little bit better. Thanks for listening to A Little Bit Better. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find this podcast. Subscribe to A Little Bit Better so you never miss an episode. Share it with friends and family. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at This Is A Little Bit Better or find me online at a littlebitbetter.ca. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like information about coaching with me, please reach out. I am Chris Swale. I'm excited to connect again soon. So until next time, have fun being a little bit better.